Alrighty, Pause Up Podcast, episode number 37, the basketball edition, I think is what we'll call it today. We are here with our whole staff and first time uh, on the podcast, Alex Krutchik, but as always here with Jake Gibson, Jonathan Mayer. Alex Krutchik is our basketball writer for the Pause Up page and Pause Up Podcast. Alex, thank you for hopping on. <clears throat> yeah, of course. Already uh exciting night last night that I'm sure we'll get into or on uh, Monday night. Um It'll be an exciting team to follow, so I'm uh, excited to be here and talk about it with you guys. As always, make sure you guys all like and subscribe. Follow us on wherever you're watching. Obviously, we're on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And uh, let's just get right into it. Let's talk about what, what Alex was talking to us about here. My uh, FIU lost to Miami to a final score of 86-80. to After trailing 17, they make a huge run. Then they go into the half just trailing by three points, 41-39 by two points. I'm sorry. And FIU able to able it goes into um, the second half, makes a huge run once again. They lead by 12, and that um, that lead is evaporated by the end. And FIU just isn't able to make one final run. Alex, just your overall thoughts on the game. Obviously, a lot of good things to take away from this FIU game. They out rebounded the Canes. They forced more turnovers than UM, and for the most part, they just played an overall clean game. Yeah, they played a clean game, and it was something that we noticed early on, even when. Uh, UM was beating down on FIU and it looked like FIU wasn't going to have a chance. We were still thinking to ourselves, you know, FIU is getting clean looks. They're getting clean shots. Uh, they're getting turnovers uh, against Miami. They're getting Miami to turn the ball over. They're winning the rebound uh, battle by a slim margin at that point. They're playing the cleaner game. They're just not getting the shots to go down. Uh, for about uh, 15 game minutes, uh, the shots did start going down uh, towards the end of the first half and beginning of the second half. And that was what got them back into it. Um, yeah, you see there on the screen, uh, for the people that are watching, 33% from three uh, and 45% uh, from the field. So it, it, it got better in the second half. But, yeah, the first half, especially the first 15 minutes of that first half, just nothing was falling. Uh, but it made me feel good. Um, and then when we spoke to uh, head coach Jeremy Ballard after the game, he kind of echoed the same sentiment where, you know, they lost, but it was the best game they've played all year in this you know, short season so far, just three games in. But he liked what he saw. We liked what we saw. Uh, it was a very clean game. And he even mentioned, you know, the first two games against uh, UCF and Tarleton State, they got beat down heavily. And he said credit to those two teams, but we uh, beat ourselves, right? We gave them a lot of help. Uh, but he said that when it came to Miami, they had to make Miami – beat them. Miami had to come out and play a good game in order to beat FIU. So not necessarily moral victory, but definitely something uh, that they can carry forward uh, through the non-conference schedule. Jake, after FIU, after FIU guard Arturo Dean really just struggled those first two games. Looked a lot better in that Tarleton State game, but really just struggled against UCF. And then that second game dealt with the cramps. Third game, once again, we see him deal with the cramps a lot more to the point where he couldn't even get into the game throughout yeah. the whole second half. He had to come in and out. Uh, but still, despite that, drops 19 points, 7 for 16 from the field, 3 for 5 from the three-point line, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. Looked like the Arturo Dean we all know of. And the one that made Conference USA all uh, freshman, all, was the Conference USA freshman of the year, and uh, was Conference USA all first team. Yeah, you, yeah, you said it. We the Arturo Dean we saw against Miami yesterday, it really felt like the uh, the freshman of the year type player that we saw 
last season. I think I think a big part of that was that he, he didn't have to do too much. He didn't have to force up shots. He didn't have to hold the ball for the majority of those possessions. He was more than happy to give the ball out to his teammates. Of course, you had players like um, uh, uh, Pridgett and Hawkins who were very deadly from the three-point line. A lot of those shots were uh, passes from, from Dean. And Dean's a small – I don't want to say a small dude. He's, I think he's one of the shorter players on the team. He still did really good rebounding wise. Five play, five rebounds total. He um, when, whenever he did shoot the ball, he definitely made every shot count. Right, seven seven for sixteen is a pretty damn good stat line as far as making your baskets count. And um, of course, along with that, an, an, another great night for steals as well for Dean. I think that was a big part of why FIU had so much success in this game. It, it was that they they kind of dominated the turnover battle for the majority of that game. Uh, I believe if uh, let me make sure I uh, I checked at one point they were leading the turnover battle what, twelve to four and um, they weren't getting a whole lot of second chance points earlier in the game but during that run uh, in, in the second half they were and that, and that's a big reason why they they got to the out to the big lead they did so yeah Artur- Arturo Dean obviously had a great night scoring led the team in that department but he was still passing the ball around and he was even wrapped up with a couple of steals too it was, it was a great performance by him looking at the. UM side of things, Johnny, just what when your team is not missing from the three-point line and they're just hitting almost every shot, it's really hard to stay afloat with that type of a team. And that's really what happened in the second half of this game. Obviously, you know, look at the looking at the final score, it's a lot closer than it everyone expected. Even Vegas, I believe they had them, they had the Canes favored by 22 and a half. So, you know, I remember seeing 30 by 1.30. Yeah, exactly. And Matthew yeah. ends the night with. 23 points, going 8 for 10 from the field. Did not miss a three-pointer. Then you have Joseph going 4 for 5. Paul, Pop, Poplar going 4 for 6. And you're you're leaving your top scorer, Nurchid Omier, to only six points. And going into the half, he had zero points. Johnny, FIU wasn't able to defend the three-point line well, but definitely were able to keep their top scorer out of, you know, out of making any damage. Yeah, that was the thing because Norchad Omir, I mean, he was a monster last year and coming in was a highly recruited or highly touted guy. And FIU really was able to stop getting 11 boards, but FIU was able to kind of, you know, really, you know, muscle their way in to get those rebounds. And I think the big thing is the second chance points. You look at it, 24 second chance points, 16 to 7, led the category in offensive rebounding. So they were able to really make their mark when they needed the ball um, and get, get offensive, you know, points back but you know to your point about three points the three pointers by Miami I mean they're they were one of the best three-point shooting teams in the nation last year um and you know you, you get a guy in Matthew Cleveland from FSU Luca Poplar Benzie Joseph and where they were shot 60 percent from the field in the second half that was a big reason why they were able to come away with the win um and yeah I mean it's there's that's a team where I think coach Ballard said in the press conferences they're one of those teams that make you pay after every mistake that you make and that's the Hurricanes did FI had some constant turnovers, um, and Miami responded back with with some big shots. But I think for the Panthers, you know, maybe you thought you had some opportunities, you know, maybe to keep it at bay when you were up by 12. But, you know, this is a Miami team that is very, very lethal when they can be, and they were able to make a big run down the stretch and kind of hold on for a uh, a win that maybe they felt they should have had more. But FI really made a big a bigger deal, and a bigger deal, and it really showed that the Panthers are, you know, coming here to play and really want to make a statement after, you know, a little more of a disappointing two first games. Alex, FIU had 20, 24 turnovers against UCF, 26 turnovers against Tarleton State, and tonight, and well, not tonight, yet last night, only 10 turnovers for the Panthers, showing a lot more ball security, a lot less silly mistakes, 
Just what does that say about this team, especially playing up to par with likely the best team they'll play all season long? It says that uh, no one is trying to do too much. No one's trying to be the star. Instead, they're playing more cohesively. Um, part of that might just be more focus um, on a big opponent like Miami. Part of that might just be that it's the third game of the season, so guys are starting to gel together a little bit more. They do return a lot, mostly the same guys they did last year, but it always takes a couple of games to gel uh, when a new season starts. Um, yeah, to me, it just was uh, the mark of a team that figured out, like, hey, we can win as long as we, as long as we actually play together instead of each trying to put numbers on the stat sheet. All right, let's let's kind of wrap it up here, Jake, Johnny. Any any last thoughts on this game? As we kind of look to, we kind of preview what's coming up because I I, I did think Miami would have been the best team they're playing, but in one month or so, you you have you um, FAU, who's actually the number tenth ranked team at the moment. So yeah. they're currently dominating their opponent. They're they're playing their home opener tonight. So just any final yeah. thoughts on this game as we wrap up uh, Miami Hurricane the three hundred five battle, which is worth noting. I'm sorry. I'm long. I'm taking this a little too long here, but Jeremy Ballard was asked if he would like to see this game continue every year, and he said, "Obviously, there's no pressure on Miami to do this whatsoever, just given the fact that they're such a good team and they're super grateful and thankful that they were able to set this up last minute because this again the first time these two teams play since 2008. So that's worth noting right there that it's been yeah. over a decade since the last time Miami." And FIU squared off in the matchup. Obviously, they've played a couple uh, scrimmages here and there, cl uh, closed off. But and Ballard said, you know, there's obviously no pressure, but we would love to play Miami. It, they want to play Power Five programs. It's not only FIU hoops; it's FIU bat football. Who talking to Coach McIntyre today? He really emphasized wanting to play Power Five team. They're facing Indiana for the for, in the first game of the season next year for football. Baseball taking on Notre Dame. They're taking on Miami four times. They're facing. They're going to Iowa as well next season. So it's not just Miami. It's not just FIU uh, basketball. It's all these teams going up against them. And then you have uh, Coach Jim Laranega, who's an absolute legend. He obviously mentioned the close scrimmages, and he puts an emphasis on playing teams in-state. He wants to play FIU. He wants to play UCF, FSU, UF, if it's not in a if it's in a close scrimmage or in an actual game. And I think he, he definitely is open yeah. to making this happen. Yeah, and and I feel like they absolutely should. I, it, it's really cool to see these local local universities go at go at it. That's what made the F, FIU FAU rivalries in pretty much every sport uh, so, sort of must see TV. Uh, maybe not so much football because FAU kind of had our number in that sport for quite some time. But at the same time, at, at the end of the day, uh, these schools are very close to each other. Obviously, traveling will not be that big of a problem for these two teams. And while we do see this uh, happen in baseball, I believe it's uh, it's four matchups per season between FIU and Miami, which I do really, really like. I like to see pretty much every FIU sport match up against Miami at least once in the season. Football, even maybe maybe bi-yearly, every, every few years. But soccer, swimming, uh, women's basketball, softball, they should all be playing Miami uh, every year. But as you mentioned, FAU coming up, that's obviously going to be another – Giant worst game, and, I, and I, do, I do think that FAU is going to be a slightly better team overall than Miami, but I feel like the way the Panthers played uh, against the Canes should give them an, an absolute boost of confidence that they can go into Boca Raton and, and put up a show just like they did against the, the, the University of Miami. That was definitely a massive confidence booster, not just for that FAU matchup, but heading into conference play, because obviously I don't think anybody in 
Conference USA can really match up to the University of Miami right now. And the fact that they went toe-to-toe with them, uh, you know, you do the math, they, they should be very – very confident for the rest of the for the rest of the year. I am curious to see what they'll look like against FAU because even though you touched on it before, and it is true that FAU is ranked a little bit higher, and FAU would put up a good fight against Miami, might even win against Miami. I wonder what uh, matchup would look like against FAU, just since that is a team that yeah. they've played every year before this year. It's a team that they're more familiar with. Yeah, you guys mentioned that FIU and UM have played a couple of uh, closed scrimmages, but that's not the same as of course, uh, a real game matchup. So I think it'll be interesting to see how they match up against the team that they're more familiar with, but also a team that's more familiar with them, with them. It is worth noting, and I think, Johnny, you were there for that game last year, that against FAU, that conference game, I think it was the home game, obviously. That went into overtime. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was a very, yeah. very close game that had they won that game, maybe FAU wouldn't be where they are today. I mean, I think I think FAU, I think still FAU probably would have been, you know, that, that big Cinderella team. But yeah, FIU, they were. It was such a back and forth affair. I think FIU was leading at one point, and you kind of thought FIU could have pulled it out, but uh, um, it was a really really exciting game. And I think a lot of fans said, hey, you know, there's some potential with the Soup Squad, and I think, you know, that was a tough loss then. But I think a game like this yesterday add a little bit more. Okay, we have something here because. This is the Miami Hurricanes team that, you know, look, if you look, if you look at what they've done in the resume, two years ago they were a lead eight team, this past year a final four team. So FIU was able to, you know, put all just just put all this effort in against a really, really good program like the Hurricanes. And now you you come into this and you have a week where you have a game tomorrow against Houston Christian on the road. Then you go to the Caymans this upcoming weekend and early next week and for FIU, you want to get back and start winning ball games. And I think a game like this yesterday, obviously it's a loss, but I think it can propel this team to really getting in the confidence enough to, to start winning some ball games here in non-conference. Yeah, by the way, shout out to um, Deshaun Giddens, by the way, in, the, in that game against Miami last night. He he only had a, a very quiet 14 points, and all, all the talk has been about Arturo Dean. He was our um, – player of the week following the game but uh Deshaun Giddens really had a, a very solid game six for 14 two for seven from the three-point line and uh and yeah the, the, he hit some clutch shots towards the end that, that that kept the game close kept the game somewhat in reach but man a a, 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 te- a team like the University of Miami they're just so they're just so talented when put under pressure you saw that you saw that happen a lot during their uh March Madness run last year against teams like Texas and Houston they were down at at, at uh in the second half, but kind of clawed their way back in and, and kept winning the, and kept winning games. We once again saw that against um, FIU last night. Uh, I do think I, I don't like the idea of moral victories in sports. I feel like you just you either get the win or you don't. You kind of have to move on. But I, there's no doubt about it that had FIU beaten Miami, it probably would have been the greatest win in program history, would it not? Or at least it would have been. Would have been up there, I would say. It's well, they, beat three, Michigan. they beat Michigan. Once they, they did beat Michigan, but the fact that they could have beaten, you know, Miami, right? It, it, it's my, it's the Hurricanes, you know, it's it's UCG, as we like to call them every now and then. And Kevin likes to do that thing where you know you you, you hold the U and then, and then you go down. Kevin Kevin likes doing that. That would have been so sweet. That would have been pretty funny. It would, it would have been. I guarantee I, you, the, the FIU faithful would have done that. Too. I was on Twitter and during halftime. I think it was Chris Towers of CBS. He quotes me to me. He's like, something very funny might happen tonight if FIU wins this game. <laughs> all I would say is, I, I, all I remember is, is we already beat Miami in women's soccer this year. Nicole, yeah. no, she did the uh, the U down. 
I was, I was, I would say this. I was, I started dreaming about. It. I'm like, you know what? Are we, are we gonna, are we gonna get back this again? The, the up, upside down you, but uh, eh, it, it, it would have been on. great. Hey, there's a good chance that baseball also beats you this true. season. That team, that team lost a lot of pieces in the draft. Yeah. That's how you baseball looks really good. Yeah, obviously, really. I think Johnny. We'll, we'll dedicate an episode to that another day. But Johnny, I do want to ask you. Obviously, you're you're you, obviously you work with you know the teams and all that, and you're a big guy on fan attendance. There was a great attendance for FIU last night. At and, a whole, and a whole section. Yeah, whole section. Carr, like 40, 50, Scott maybe sixty. Scott Carr, Heath Glick, President Kenneth Jessel. Yeah, everyone was there, showing up and showing out. The whole baseball team was there, almost all of it. The gold baseball team in the World <laughs> Series game was there. It was, it was nice to see them. You could hear the chants from the top FIU. Johnny, just your thoughts on you know how much this rivalry actually could what this could be. This rivalry is very fun. You look at baseball when 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 we travel over to Coral Gables, there is a pretty good F showing for FIU, and same goes for soccer and. Maybe one day we'll see them go up against the football team once again. But yeah. just your thoughts on, on on the amount of FIU fans that were at the Watsco Center. Yeah, I was impressed and I wasn't surprised. I think this is a game where you play a minor hurricane team you haven't played since 2008. It's a 15-minute drive from the campus, maybe 20 minutes depending on traffic. And you saw there was a fan base. I know they had a little alumni event before the game a couple, I think a couple blocks away at a, at a brewery. Um, but I, I think this, I knew this would be a, a good opportunity for fans to come out. Um, and I just think that it just shows that this is something that you want to have more and more. You know, it's it's an it's a in, in-city rivalry or in-county rivalry that everybody loves. And obviously, you know, it's Power 5 and mid-major. But I think this is a, a rivalry you want to have in non-conference. It, it creates more of a, you know, an atmosphere, you know, a more of a rivalry sense. And we yeah. saw yesterday where there was a whole big section. I mean, there were one point I heard people cheering. And you kind of thought it's the hurricane, oh, yeah. but nope, it's FIU score because I was I was looking down. Yeah, so like there was a lot of people there, and I was impressed. And uh, I really want to see this continue on um, next year for basketball. But obviously, we'll have this with baseball coming up in the spring. Yeah, yeah. Was, was Juan Soto at that game? Now, yeah, so, yeah. Juan Soto was at the game. Now it's, it was the place to be last night. It was I, I on a Monday night. This is UM. Yeah. On, on where, where was he sitting? He was in. He was, was he in courtside. He had to. Yeah. Okay. You want Soto sits courtside. Yeah, we're 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 kind of idiots. How did we not notice Juan Soto was there, man? <laughs> I guess I just wasn't looking. I wasn't. It's one of those things where if you're not expecting to see someone, you you don't notice them. And I wasn't expecting to see Juan Soto sitting courtside yeah. at an FIU versus UM basketball game on a Monday night. Yeah, I guess lots of like. He's Go he's ahead. been he's gone to F or Miami games before, right? Juan Soto. Yeah, Miami games are pretty popular. Miami games are. Fairly popular, obviously, the Miami Marlins, Jazz and Solera. I know they've gone a couple times. But right. overall, you see a lot of big-name people going. And the last thing I'll mention before we wrap up here and go talk about the season as a whole thus far because there is a lot to get into on that end. Um, from the media aspect of things, Jeremy Ballard has never been in, in that type of a press conference. With every chair in that room filled up and you have people standing in the back, You know, no offense to FIU, but usually it's just Jake and I and maybe – student news or hopefully one it'll, it'll be crutching myself and jake now moving forward and darren Johnny shout just, out darren you know, there are a couple of back. darren as well he's pretty cool and um yeah so it's nice to see that and it was some big name reporters too tim reynolds was there the the inner miami lady michelle kaufman was there so it was nice to have i guess a nice media presence out there to get a couple multiple miami herald associated press was also there so asking questions to jeremy ballard and 
I guess the media left with a really nice impression because I saw some really cool tweets, one from Tim Reynolds saying, I thought you guys are really good one, and Jeremy Ballard, and he's just three wins away from becoming the, the winningest uh, FIU coach in, in FIU history. So that, yeah, that, that, that's still crazy. To, crazy. I think he's going to make that kind of history. It's, well, we hope he will. We, I, I hope he does it at home. I, I hope whenever he does get that win, it's going to be at home so we can, you know, celebrate with him. But, um, yeah, just hell of a game. Kind of the perfect time as well for a game like that to happen, being on a Monday night, of course. I think I believe the Florida Panthers were playing, uh, but the Miami Heat were off. Obviously, Inter Miami's been off. Um, it was just the go-to stop in uh, in, in Miami Dade County specifically. I think if I'm not mistaken, tickets were tickets were pretty cheap as well. So uh, yeah, a dollar to get in, very enticing for people to go and. There were some empty seats at tip-off, but again, Miami traffic, by the time there were like five minutes left to go in the first half, there was a very was solid crowd. crowd. Anything you had to say, Krutchik? I know you were mute, unmuted there for a sec. Um, no, just in regards to Jeremy, going back to Jeremy Ballard, uh, uh, coming close to getting the FIU uh, all-time win record. That's what makes me excited about the future. That it seems like for the first time in a while, the FIU basketball program has stability and continuity. Yeah. Because he's already one of the most uh, – one of the more um, – he's near the top for longest tenured coaches at FIU. Um, so that makes me excited because you can't build the program without continuity and without consistency, and it seems like that's what they have right now. So I want to quickly share my screen and just shout out kind of the work that we're doing right here. As you can see, Alex and I have kind of been taking the reins of basketball. Jake will be on the coverage for the Houston Christian game, which we'll get into very soon. But – Kind of what we've been doing here. We have obviously the recaps. You see a couple feature articles as well. Arturo Dean, the real previous. Oh, there's some good articles. Really good articles. And you know you can yeah. find those on the Paza page. So make sure to go check it out. We're doing some really fun work there. Jake will have his uh, Arkansas preview there very soon. And soccer coverage as well on Thursday. They're taking on Mercer. Mercer College is what it is, Johnny. Okay. Johnny's so, muted, but it is the Mercer, 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 the Mercer Bears. Yes, the Mercer, the Mercer Bears. Bears in the NCAA tournament, the first round. The only game FIU will be hosting, so make sure to go out there. Johnny, it's what? Six, first 300 students or 600? First 600 students. First 600 students get in for free, Jake. Just spoiling your news break a little bit. There, are, right? are there even 600 bleachers? Obviously, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, 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 we'll see if they're – I don't know. I'll find out if they're going to roll out another set of bleachers. Hopefully they do. I, but I have a good feeling. Right? They did that for the New Hampshire game last year. In the yeah, but it was raining last year. time. But they did it, it was still a good two years ago when they took on Notre Dame. Yeah, they brought in bleachers. Not to mention the, the one brought. thing I will mention: I don't know if baseball is going to be there with their little smoke thing like they did last year. So, Johnny, you got to be my source on that one. But I do. I'll anyways, let you know. let's talk about this season as a whole because definitely as as yeah. nice as this UM game was for the most part, they're still zero and three on the year thus far. They've struggled a lot those first two games. Big issue was the turnovers, obviously. You play against – it's one game that you found success. Now it's about continuity. Are you able to keep doing what you're doing? Alex, I don't know how much you've been able to watch. Obviously, you're busy with uh, work and Marlon's coverage. But from and Panthers. Watch, shout out to Florida Panthers. And the Panthers too. Yeah, shout out to you and Alex. Make sure you guys check it out Lemon City Live. Alex, what have been your overall thoughts on, on the season thus far? Um, overall, I think that uh, the Miami game was a step forward. I didn't like – most of what I saw the first couple games. So I'm hoping that uh, last night's game against Miami wasn't a mirage. It wasn't just uh, an emotional upswing game against a, a rival. I hope it was a legitimate step forward and a peek into what they could be. 
Because if that's the way that they play the rest of the season, I mean, I, I can't see them losing more than three or four games in the conference and losing more than a couple games on their non-conference schedule, aside from the, uh, the Cayman Islands tournament that features uh, some pretty good mid-major teams. If they keep playing the way they did last night, I don't see a, a scenario in which they don't go deep in the Conference USA uh, tournament later in March. Yeah. Jake, this is a team that's going up against Houston Christian coming up. Mm-hmm. Houston Christian, right? Yeah, Houston Christian. And then we have the Cayman Island Classic, which will begin against the University of Akron on Sunday. Akron. Yeah. So just your thoughts on what's coming up for FIU. Really cool opportunity going to the Caymans. I wish I was there at the beach. <laughs> but anyways, Jake, just your thoughts on Houston Christian. Obviously, the team was also winless looking for that first one. And then the Cayman Islands Classic, which does count towards the regular season just for it does. I, I feel like they were it was initially reported to be like a preseason sort of contest, but now they've moved it up to regular they season. They moved it up in season, they yeah. Moved it up, which, which I don't mind. I, I do kind of like that. It's, it's kind of like the NBA in season tournament that they're doing that they're doing. It adds a little I excitement. Hate that, I hate that. Don't I hate the NBA in season tournament. Really? I think the courts, I think are, the courts, ugly. Are, the courts are The courts are ugly. The games are really dumb, in uh, my opinion. I, I don't get it either. I'm, I'm like, I'm whatever about it. Well, yeah. all right. Well, it's whatever. Awesome. I So, uh, Houston Christian, as you mentioned, they're 0-1. They've only played one game. It was, oh, they're uh, 0-1. I thought they're 0-3. Okay. No, they've only played one game so far. They had to go to BYU and kind of got shellacked, 110-63. to But they still had some... Very solid scores with that of Marcus Green, who had 18 points and like a, a, a bit over 30, 30 minutes of action. Not to mention Jay Alvarez and Michael Imariagbi uh, both had double-digit points. So they, they, they've they already shown that they have some um, very solid scores on their team. But y- you kind of have to feel that FIU is absolutely on a high right now after how they looked against Miami to the point where they have to go into this matchup and sort of just have the vibe that we are absolutely better than this team. We can match up against anyone in the country. That's probably got how they maybe how they're feeling right now. So they have to start off this game aggressive and make sure that they're leading the rebound battle, especially. Don't give Houston Christian anything. Just capitalize on second chance points if not sinking your shots in the first time. So if they get out to an early lead, it's it's I think it's gonna be very likely that they're gonna keep it um all the way until the end of the game. And as you mentioned, the Cayman Islands. I mean, we spoke with Arturo Dean not that long ago, Johnny and I, and I, he was so excited about getting to go to the Cayman Islands, just experiencing that, and as you mentioned, taking on some very, some very solid programs, starting off with the University of Akron, and then you have some other teams like Marshall and Utah State in there as well, some very high-quality schools that will sort of round up the, the non-conference slate, and then after that, the, uh, the non-conference uh, schedule gets very interesting, but the majority of it is at home, which, of course, I would think would work to the benefit of FIU, but Florida Gulf Coast has always been a very great program. Then you mentioned FIU and Boca, then Stetson again, and again, another team they play quite a bit. And then eventually you get down to your conference schedule, which I do think FIU will be uh, a relatively great, uh, a great conference USA opponent in that regard. But oh. yeah, well, uh, just, just to wrap up, I, I do feel very confident that they'll take care of business in Houston Christian. I get that it's on the road. And they pretty much had uh, uh, no time to rest. They had to immediately hop on a flight, head to Houston. But I think they'll get that done. And then uh, they're going to have a lot of hype surrounding them as they head to the Cayman Islands Classic. You're going to hear about the uh, how they almost beat Miami quite a bit on the um, the broadcast crew. Alex, when you look at the Conference USA preseason rankings, FIU is not at the top. They're not even in the top three. They're, I believe, seventh. And on media day, funny enough, Johnny and I were there, and we we just saw on, on, on the door of that locker, it was a copy of the Conference USA stand preseason standings. You look at FIU through these first couple of games, 
the height advantage has definitely helped them a lot. Obviously, you have Jonathan Ibar, you have um, Seth Pink. You, you have a lot of height on this team. Mohamed Sonogo still there. Uh, I, God, I hope I get this right. Okay, Chu. Okay, Chu Kwu Okiki. There you go. Did I actually? Yeah, you got it. First try. There wow, that was a lights out pronunciation. We're, we have yet to see him play, but definitely one of the big ticket signing signings, big big ticket uh, recruits for FIU. How much do you think that height is going to help FIU? And do you think they're better than the preseason rankings say? I think, let's see, it, it's a good question because I don't, I think it just depends because, like I kind of touched on before, the way that I saw them play the first two games, I think they're exactly what the voters say they are. But then you maybe look at a game like last, uh, like last night, and you think maybe they could turn some heads. But again, it's the consistency. I do think the height will help them, um, especially in a in a in a lower uh, lower tier conference like Conference USA. When you have the height advantage, that really helps a lot with length. It helps with turnovers. It helps with rebounds. And rebounding was somewhat of an issue last year in the first couple games of this year. Uh, so I think yeah, if they use their height or rather. Their their height advantage can uh, help them out, and uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about Okiki. Uh, he's a Tallahassee Community College uh, transfer, uh, junior college. Um, hasn't gotten the chance to play yet, but I think the ones he is in, he's going to impress because he's he provides with lots of length, lots of athleticism. All right, we're going to talk about a couple other players that have stood out through the first three games, but Jake, I think it's time for for your moment. It's time for an FIU news break. Yeah, why the hell not? Let's get right into it to uh, the uh, the news break. Of course, your uh, your source for a quick look at all things FIU athletics, just FIU in general. So um, let's start off with uh, FIU softball. Uh, head coach Mike Larrabee announced that a, uh, the assistant coach Mike Myers has been promoted to the title of associate head coach. Uh, this will be Myers' third season with the team, primarily provi providing insight on hitting, defense, and base running. Myers has been around softball for uh, just about 26 years now and has worked with Larrabee in the past, most recently from 2016 to 2019 at Central Washington. Next up, uh, we had sort of alluded to it earlier, FIU men's soccer is uh, going to take on the Mercer Bears in the first round of the NCAA D1 uh, men's soccer tournament this Thursday at 7 p.m. Uh, prior to that, a, a plethora of Panthers were named the AAC All-Conference first and second team. So um, repping uh, FIU in the uh, first team as Eduardo Mustre, and repping the second team as Bernardo Dos Santos Montero, Owen Travis, and uh, Joao Dominguez. Uh, so again, congratulations for them. We'll wish them the best of luck against Mercer. Of course, we'll be there on site to provide some excellent coverage as well for the Pause Up podcast. Finally, for all the foodies out there, a, a team of FIU graduates recently had their restaurant in West Kendall by the name of Smoke and Dough as one of the top 50 restaurants in the country via the New York Times. The barbecue spot owned by both Harry and Michelle Coleman, who both are 2008 graduates of FIU. Uh, Smoke and Dough was debuted in 2017 and features classic American barbecue, along with Venezuelan, Puerto Rican, and Jewish cuisine to boot. Uh, Smoke and Dough is on 4013 Southwest 152nd Avenue, only a few blocks away from the Modesto campus, and is open every Wednesday to Sunday. So that was your very brief 
news break. Yeah, so we're back. Um, no, I'm hungry. Damn. Hardy <laughs> dinner. Just to wrap it up a little bit, we're going to go through a couple guys who kind of stood out through these first couple of games. I want to go to the bench because it kind of feels like Javante Hawkins, one of the guys who really did stand out in 2022, really making a big impact thus far. Just look at his last game against Miami. Look at a couple other games. Got into the double digits against the Canes. Johnny, this is a guy who you've covered extensively throughout your years here at FIU. Jake, I know you as well, but Johnny kind of got into three-point game going a little bit for Javante. He finishes the game against the Canes with 11 points, goes three for seven from the three-point line. But look at other games, he definitely, I guess, had a better three-point percentage for himself that night. Yeah, I think for Javante, he had some big shots. I think he was able to cut the deficit at some big times. and made, I liked the way he was playing with his hit three threes on the night. But he's somebody that this is his fourth year with FIU. He's kind of paid his dues. He's, he's been a leader for this program, and I think he's somebody that has earned what he's what he's deserved. And I think right now for his role with FIU um, is great. He's a guy where, you know, if you give him the ball, you know, he'll find a way to, to get you a shot or, or make or make a play. Um, but yesterday was made some key shots that at the times were, were big ones to make. And I think kind of were able to force some runs for FIU, but also was able to kind of make it a little bit of a closer game um, yesterday night. But I think Javante is, is going is to have another solid year for FIU this year. Against UCF had nine points, then two against Tarleton. It was just a big struggle for everyone. And then obviously against the Canes at 11 points. Jake, uh, I talked a little bit about Arturo Dean, but George Bridget Jr. has one of the newcomers to this FIE team. Yeah. He may be the team's best three-point shooter thus far, really <laughs> looking really good for the, for the Panthers behind the three-point line. It never hurts to have a certified sniper on the team. And uh... – it's nice to have a player like Arturo Tine who can kind of clamp the um, – who can uh, who can drive to the paint, and then you have a player like uh, Pickney who can pretty much guard the rim and, and go for those offensive rebounds. But to see a guy like Pridget, again, um, pretty much a brand-new recruit to this team, he's, he's already sort of popped off. He, he, had, he had a very respectable nine points against the Miami uh, against Miami on Monday, but still, um, we've seen glimpses of talent from him, and um, – it's it, it's it's been a while since since uh, this FIU uh, basketball team has had like um, not just a uh, a good three point shooter because they because they do have some good three point shooters. It's been a while since they've had a great one, right? And and if, if Frisian's that guy, then by all means, man. Granted, he is a uh, uh, he's this is his junior year. He obviously has experience playing basketball. I believe Polk State College was his was his prior school. So. Wished him the best of luck, and uh, it's just adding in it's adding in the completeness. I'd like to say of of this team at FIU because they have the um, the drivers that can get to the basket. They have the size, of course, for those rebounds. And when you add in a sniper like Pridget could be, then uh, just goes to shows how well recruited this FIU team is and how much experience they have as well. Alex Jake just mentioned experience, but Petar Kravakovic definitely has been struggling as of late. Unfortunately, I'm giving you the, the, the player you have to talk about a little negatively here, but definitely been struggling from the three-point line, only two points against the Canes, zero points against Tarleton State. What have you seen from him through these first three games? Just kind of struggling, feels like he's kind of behind a little bit in the offense. And, I mean, defensively, he's looked pretty good. Well, there's a positive. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Defensively, he's still he's still putting in work. Uh, just on the other side of the ball, you would like to see him uh, perform better on offense. He was kind of one of the first guys that I noticed last night when I mentioned, you know, FIU is getting good looks, but they're just not finishing. He was one of the first guys that I noticed 
doing that. He got uh, he was one for seven last night, one for eight. Um, yeah, yeah, one uh, one for eight, and um, he was getting good looks for the most part. He was underneath the basket. He was fighting for the ball, both offensive boards and defensive boards. Um, but when he would get the offensive boards, he just couldn't finish, couldn't do anything with it. Um, because of the way that he's playing on defense and because of the way that he's battling for boards, um, he's still providing value, luckily, and based on the shots that he was able to get for himself yesterday, um, I think that uh, uh, eventually the shots will fall. Yeah, Paytar had the chance to kind of put FIU back in a really good situation, missed that corner three there. Johnny, last guy I want to mention on the to, – just to wrap up here, Jonathan Abar – Really gotten off to a very nice start in his FIU career. First sec, first ever second generation Panther for for them here. And um, very cool. Ramon, Ramon Abar, I believe, was his name. Was is his father's name? <laughs> yeah. He was pretty damn good. And hopefully, Jonathan Abar could be as good as his dad was uh, when he was here with blue and gold. Mm-hmm, yeah. He also, fun fact, Ramon played with Carlos Arroyo and Roger Bell. So part of a stacked uh, trio there with the Panthers um, with those two NBA legends. But, yeah, a really cool story with Jonathan Abar. Definitely, I think you would love to maybe down the line this season, you know, we'll be able to get, you know, any more insight on, on that, that story, maybe see if we can talk to Ramon. That's, I think that's an awesome opportunity to um, talk with, the you know, just the first ever generation, second generation FIU basketball player, which it's a young program technically. I mean, not young, but, you know, I think since the 70s or it's the it's in the eighties. It's it, from the start of the eighties. So I guess it's, oh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's old. I guess it's an old program, but um, besides that, it's a cool story. And uh, yeah, I think Abar, he has a size part. He can kind of do it all. He's kind of a mixed bag. He can shoot from beyond the arc. He's able to get inside the paint. Um, but so far he's a, a solid addition to have to this FIU team that needed size and he brings it. Alrighty. So as always, make sure to follow us on the pause up page. That is where you can, Got all our articles, previews, features, every, any news that breaks right away. We will have an article for you, pretty pretty dang fast. When FIU got into when FIU soccer made it to the NCAA tournament, I believe we had the graphic up. I would say in less than five minutes, and then we had the article up in ten. So shows you just the kind of content we're providing there. We have previews for men's basketball, recaps, feature articles. Alex had the preview for the men's basketball game against uh, the University of Miami. Then he also had the recap, and I wrote a little feature on just a couple other stats there. Jake had you with the live tweeting and the graphics. Yep. Arturo Dean was our pause up podcast player of the game. And um, before we wrap it up here, real quick question for all of you. We'll do a quick prediction time here. Alex knows about these from Fish on First, but who will be – will FIU beat Houston Christian tomorrow, Wednesday, and who will be the player – who will be the – what is your prediction – the positive podcast player of the game. Jake, we'll start with you. Okay, so uh, first question, yes, I think they will be Houston Christian. Um, not, not really much to say. But, um, man, it, 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 I feel like the easy pick is to say Arturo will double it up, man. Uh, so far he leads the team in points per game, assists per game, and even steals per game. He is uh, He's playing like he, he could become an all-conference USA first team player, which I think would, would definitely be a very – very, very solid achievement for him, considering um, what he was able to do last year. But you know what? I'll, 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 I'll I'm not going to pick Arturo. I, I will go with Javante Hawkins just to spice things up. I'm going to say Javante will get the job done. He'll, he'll have he'll, uh, a very solid game. Uh, Houston Christian does kind of like Miami is not a very big size team if, if, if you get what I'm saying. But Hawkins has had a very solid season so far, averaging seven points a game just about in. Uh, 
not a whole lot of minutes. Only only 16 per game, but still, uh, some very respectable numbers. And I think he's due for a pop off. So give me give me Javante. All righty, Johnny, who you got, and who's your player of the game? This is your moment to shine here. Show off your all your positivity. Player of the game. I mean, I got to go back to Arturo. I mean, he kind of was able to. I think you know you saw yesterday. I think 305 Sports did a little feature on him yesterday after how he stand out playing against the Miami team, and I think he kind of. We always knew what his play was. It was great last year, but I think maybe it's the start of something for him to kind of elevate his game. And I think right now for FIU, this is a really, really important week to get back, to hit the ground running. You have, you know, your first two of your first three games were against Power 5 opponents. And, you know, game against Charles State, you don't want to – you want to really wipe away. I think this is a clean slate for them right now where you have a Houston Christian game where, you know, they beat Houston Christian last year at home. This is a game you should win. And then you go into Caymans this upcoming week – weekend with an opportunity to make some noise in a very solid major bracket um with that i think Artur dean had a great game and i think he'll propel this team into having i think it's going to be a, a good stretch to get back to their winning ways um starting tomorrow night alex who wins and johnny obviously i don't even have to ask you just to make sure fiu wins right okay. fiu panthers win yes there you okay. go don't give me a score prediction we don't want to hear those you want to give oh you want the prediction or you do oh god just say what you're gonna I'll say be reasonable. don't worry be delusional i'll i'll say i'll say fiu is 77 to 61. okay fair enough that's actually not bad not too bad yeah. actually all right alex who wins and who's your mvp uh, i think fiu takes it um and then i'm gonna have uh george bridget as as my MVP, I love what he did off the bench against Miami, and I think that there will be even more bench minutes against uh, Houston Christian if it goes the way that I expect it to. Um, and, yeah, I think he's going to rack up a few three-pointers and uh, get him onto the board. I'm going to go with FIU winning, and I'm going to go with Jaden Brewer. He's definitely been someone who's impressed me, struggled a little bit from the free throw line, struggled a little a lot. He was not very good against Tarleton State, but he definitely had a nice game against um, the University of Miami, struggled a little bit there. But he's – I think Coach – Coach Ballard said it best. He's just scratching the surface. So definitely a lot to take away from that. He's still very young. So I he was, I believe, freshman of the week uh, last season at one point. And he really just was getting it going for the Panthers there. So hoping that he kind of repeats the success from 2022. And I'll go with that. So, yeah, we'll wrap it up here. Jake, you'll be there on Thursday for FIU Soccer. I will be there as well, providing yeah. you with coverage. Jake will be on the live tweeting. And Johnny will be there as well. So, we have that coming up, and I believe women's basketball is actually playing as. at Yeah, I was. I I wanted to highlight that they're currently, unfortunately, they're down by um, seventeen to Florida Gulf Coast right now. Five minutes to go in that game, so it look doesn't look like they're going to come out as winners there. But still, this has actually been a very solid uh, uh, beginning of the season for the ladies' team. They are two and zero after dismantling Florida Florida National, and of course that that nail biter against uh, Texas Rio Grande Valley. Uh, they're playing a great opponent right now in Florida Gulf Coast. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's going to go their way. But a- after that, you have a five-game homestand for the for uh, the women's basketball team, starting with Coppin State from Baltimore, Maryland. Kevin, we I, I mentioned that in, in the post game, I believe the, uh, the the pregame show. Then you take on Bryant, Georgia State, or, or actually Georgia Southern. My bad, Jacksonville. Uh, um, there, there's even FAU down the line, but um, yep. Bethune Cookman as well to wrap up that homestand. So, um, and we should do a bit of advertising for the men's basketball team, by the way, because if you want to go to an FIU basketball game, you have to wait a while. Unfortunately, with this Cayman Islands Classic kind of heading out and heading at us, their next home game is not until November 26th, uh, which is on a Sunday at 6 p.m. They're taking on Kennesaw State, uh, future 
future Conference USA member. That's actually the start of a three-game homestand. Uh, the second game is on November 29th against Florida Gulf Coast. And uh, on December 2nd, they host the Long Island Sharks. Then, of course, December 13th, they they head to Boca. So that should be an exciting one. I, I believe all I believe you three are all going to be there for that Boca game. Is that right? Yes, sir. Alex Crutcher, Jonathan Mary, myself will be there. So, already, fellas, we're going to wrap it up here. From Jake, from Alex, Jonathan, J Jake, I'm Jake, Alex, thank you so much for hopping on. We, we will have you definitely on a lot more. Uh, as always, peace out and uh, pause up. Pause up.